people talking, hunters everywhere. Doesn't get any better. I, the only thing I was wondering is like, is this headset going to mess my hair up? Pretty much a one species wander. So all I know is Samba deer, but the more, the more I think I know, the more I realise I need to learn more. There's a there's a movement in the blackberry bushes and the cloak of invisibility gets switched off and Rogers appears. With the crazy world we live in today, many of us seek adventure of the unknown. Join the five of us everyday Aussies from all walks of life, share stories from men and women of all hunting camps. From tips and techniques to the emotional rollercoaster ride fulfilling a lifelong dream, there is a story to be told by all. Welcome to Hunting Camp Down Under. Well, hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, thank you so much for your patience over the uh, the last couple of weeks. Um, pretty hectic times up here on the, the mid-north coast with the, the raging bushfires. Um, unfortunately, we were caught up in them. Um, very, very fortunate. My family um, were safe and the, the fires went either side of my property, but uh, spent plenty of time you know, helping the neighbours and uh, and just the community in general. So thank you for the well wishes, uh, the thoughts. Um, they they very much appreciated. Um, unfortunately, you know, many of our neighbours and, and local community um, have suffered, you know, plenty of loss. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a long road back. So, um, but, yeah, thank you once again. Um, I know it's, uh, it's been a few weeks since we've been on, but um, hopefully it's been worth it to, uh, to come into... Well, me back on the mic, actually. We're uh, finally letting rip the uh, Nevada trip that we did back in August. Uh, myself and Josh Rogers spent 18 days afield uh, in the high country, or desert high country of Nevada, and uh, had an absolute blast. Um, we sort of try to do a bit of a semi-live kind of recording. Um, the days spread out <laughs> as we went along, um, purely because, you know, there wasn't much happening, wasn't much to talk about, but... Uh, I'm just hoping this is going to be a little bit different uh, the way I've put this one together. So I'm hoping you enjoy it and uh, feedback will be awesome. Um, so I'll do my best to, to make a bit of a giggle. Um, you can <laughs> We go downhill by the end of it, uh, which is pretty funny. Uh, but um, I'll put the madman Josh in between there on a couple of skits, uh, what he gets up to uh, in the downtime. It's, uh, it's pretty funny. And um, just bear with some of the, some of the audio uh, is obviously coming off, off video. Um, so we, we revert to, you know, um, yeah, so some video content. Uh, but if you check out Instagram, uh, we've got a few stories on there uh, if you're interested. But you'll get the gist of it. And, uh, yeah, we should be back to normal now. So, uh, once again, thank you for everything. Uh, thanks for the boys to um, take the reins while I was away. Um, and uh, hopefully we're, we're back to normal and see the worst of it. Um, but I, I hear tonight that a few other areas in New South Wales and, and now Victoria are, uh, are under threat. So my, uh, my thoughts go out to... Um, to those uh, families and everybody involved with those terrible fires. So just bad conditions, bad conditions, drought, uh, heat and everything else. So my thoughts are with you. Uh, on that note, um, if anybody's out there that's listening, um, I've got a client of mine, uh, unfortunately has lost uh, pretty much everything uh, in, in one of the fires up on the range. Uh, he's a fellow bow hunter. Uh, he's not known on the scene, but uh, he's very passionate. He's been a, had a rough trot. Um, unfortunately, he's lost his Lucas Mill, uh, which he's actually built uh, his entire property with. Uh, I sold him the property there some years ago, um, and unfortunately, his um, his Lucas Mill's gone. Uh, wasn't insured, neither was his shed with all his father's and his gear in it as well. Um, there's some damage to the, to the bush, the shack. Um, so, if anybody's got uh, some connections with the Lucas Mill, whether it be engine, 
um, anything like that, please shoot me an email. If there's any chance of some help out there, um, you know, a little bit close to home on this one, uh, apart from, you know, plenty of people have suffered, but uh, this one just been a fellow bow hunter and uh, he doesn't have much. He lives a simple life, but, you know, any help would be appreciated. So uh, if someone can shoot me an email, um, huntingcampdownunder at gmail.com, if, uh, if you got any help there, it would, uh, yeah, it'd be very much appreciated. So, um, anyway, guys, we'll, uh, we'll get to this episode and uh, this will be a two-parter. We'll, uh, we'll recap, you know, the, the, uh, the semi-live stuff and then we'll do a recap of, of the hunt uh, in part two. So, uh, I hope you guys enjoy. <laughs> oh, well, day one is in the books. It was kind of day one. Day one hunting, I guess. We are currently sitting at 11,500 feet in Nevada, trying to find our oxygen. <laughs> now, first time for Josh and I to hunt this high, so it's uh, a bit of a learning curve at the moment. Josh is not feeling 100%, but there could be for a lack of food, lack of water, everything else. So we got up here, and there's some snow up here, actually, that we didn't think would be up here so we melted some of that save carrying all the water up so I think we took what was it five miles up yeah, it would be at least because I think it's five miles to the summit from the edge of the wilderness but we, we're about a mile below that yeah so we got the, the two-wheel drive car up a track that probably shouldn't have two-wheel drive car shouldn't have went up to but we got up there and uh yeah just trying to make it a bit easier but the I just can't judge the country it's so much bigger than than what it looks like we're like oh yeah we'll just jump up there <laughs> five hours later <laughs> we've reached the top so but it was worth getting up the top of you we found some country that hopefully will hold some deer so we flew in sunday the 18th it is now tuesday the 20th we spent best part of half a day in Nevada, just running or in reno i should say um run around getting supplies went to taxidermist organise that kind of stuff if needed, hopefully it's needed, and uh, and then drive out, so I think it was about three and a half hours by the time we pulled up for camp last night. Yeah, just enough time to have just a brief glass. Yeah, I probably should have had a shot, which I forgot, which kind of stuffed our plans this morning, but it turned out alright this morning because we just sort of had a bit of a look around, we had a bit of glass at the foothills, and uh, yeah, we managed to find one buck, big two point, yeah, big and wide. Yeah, he was. So, but it was the first morning. Uh, we know where he is. We can get to him. He's in that lower foothill country. So, um, we thought, you know, we can't, we can't probably have a crack at that straight up without sort of having a look at what's up on top. So, um, we've been given a few pointers of what's up here. So, we will probably spend the next two to three nights up here. Um, but we've got enough food for that. We we should be able to find water, not some more snow. Yeah, with bugs in it. Yeah, yeah. Legs. We'll be interested to see how legs, we feel tomorrow. Bugs. Other than the elevation. But yeah. um yeah, it was just crazy. It was just you know, you walk twenty, thirty yards and you're you're pulling you're pulling up trying to I don't know. It's like where's the oxygen? Where yeah. the gradient wasn't the steepness wasn't that bad really. It was long, real long. There's a couple of pinches that were pretty steep. Yeah, but you know, at home we sort of like it's up and down, up and down real quick. But just that elevation I think we started, the truck was about 9,000 feet and we're 
yeah, we've climbed that two and a half thousand, which I mean I've never been at this height. Any, I think eight and a half was the highest I'd hunted before here. So it's uh, certainly different. Something else to I don't know play around with, I guess. Mm. But uh, so yeah, we oh we bumped a doe on the way up, so she was just better under a tree. We got into probably or we walked up the trail about a hundred yards from it, and then she jumped up and she wasn't too concerned. So hasn't been too much human traffic up here, considering we're a couple of weeks into the season. Um, we do have a well, I got a Colorado tag as well, but we'll we'll concentrate on Nevada here. If we make Colorado, we will. If we don't, it's not a biggie. So. We'll see how we go. It's about bedtime, I think. We've had just had. What did we have? Peak refuel, Alfredo pasta. Yeah. So much better than that bloody. Pretty sure you ate the decadence pad that I pulled yeah. out. Yeah. Well, no, nah, I swear I didn't have one. I should have dropped one in. That's probably what's wrong with that. <laughs> I could find one, so maybe I did. It maybe evaporated in the water. Yeah. Could be in trouble tomorrow. So there's certainly more sign up here anyway from where we were this morning. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we yeah, we seen that buck, but that, he was, what, 3K away, and he, he yeah. looked like he was about 500 yards, but by the time we put it on the GPS, it was, yeah, it was just so deceiving, the country. So, But we didn't see any other sign, maybe a couple other old prints. Yeah, but just the old stuff. We were seeing fresh prints on the way up and bumped that doe. So, and we got up here probably only you know, half an hour before before it was sort of, you know, too dark to see. So we'll, uh, we'll leave camp here in the morning and have a bit of a look around and we'll work out whether we're going to break camp during the day and, and move it or we'll just leave this as base and we'll hunt from here. So it just depends on how hard it is to get around. Uh, it's, it's big country, so. But it's a nice big flat open tops up here that, and you've got big basins that come off the, off the top. So we're going to concentrate on them and see what we can find. But um, it's plenty of country, it's just a matter of finding the needle in the haystack, I suppose. And we're newbies at it too, so. But we're putting the two and two together. You know, it's feed, water, and cover. Uh, as I said, there hasn't been too much human traffic up here. We, there was one set of footprints we felt that went up and back on the same trail. And we haven't seen anybody else up here, so. We are a wilderness, so they can't drive around and quad bikes or buggies or whatever up here, so. They certainly done that down low. So hopefully that's the hopefully the key to success that we you know we can get on something and get a good shot away. So we will be back with you for day two. Radio. Well, lads, we are morning of day three, and uh, we're hunting day three. We have just broken camp again for like the fifth time getting good at it we've done the cool shit we've gone to the steepest highest point of the units we've done the cool bit now we can go and find a deer so we are we're backing off the mountain we can't find anything up here it, um, I don't know if you can see but look just out here you know that, that dome out there you know that that's like there's a basin right behind me and there's another basin over there it's three mile, so by the time you walk that in a morning session, which you know we call it prime time, we're, we're just too late. Everything's bedded up, and we've 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 glass and glass and glass. Excuse me, um, and it's just uh, it's not paying off. So we'll be smart about it. We're not gonna 
play hero games. We're going to drop off the mountain and do a bit of uh, running and gunning for the next couple of days. We, um, you know, as I said, we on the, on the first podcast episode, we, uh, you know, we found that yeah, good two by two. Like he's a he's a big deer. Um, we just thought we'd you know try and see what else is around, and you know it's proven that we haven't found anything else yet. But we come straight up above him. He was only about eight and a half thousand feet. Um, a lot of people said hunt as high as you can. Other people said don't get caught in the whole high thing. So we don't. We're just sort of taking it all in and and working out for ourselves. So um, this will soon see what um, we can come up with. So we'll drop off today. We've got a pretty brutal. Just over the back here, there's a massive big rock scree. Um, it's going to take a couple of hours probably just to get through it, and then we've got a, <coughs> about six miles downhill, which is um, which is not too bad. But yeah, out here, if we if we went to the northern end of the the part where we think there's probably the best basins, we're going to be probably going to be about 12 miles from the truck. So we've just thought, like, let's not be stupid about it. We'd never you know pack meat, head, cape, the whole works out plus you camp. So we're for me to say break off the other side the effort that it would take to get back to the truck and take it all the way around the other side of the mountain it's just it's just not going to pay and we don't even know if there's any bucks up there there's a bit of sign of other people being up here we don't know how many but there's certainly nothing on the top so in the basins even the basins at the top you've got a thousand foot drop back into them so we'll uh we'll have a look and um there's a shit load of country to 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 go and look at like that's country is not a problem at all it's just obviously information was limited I've never been here before so you know we're sort of just working it out as we go so hopefully we can uh, pay it off here comes Rogers after getting his ice can't have a job you alright now? hey just updating everybody what are you doing? Updating everybody. Oh, shit. Have you farted during the video? No, not yet. That's Don't amazing. talk about that. Oh, mountain house. Not good. Alright, over now. Oh. I can't believe how good that beef chili mac was. Yeah, I had homestyle chicken and rice. It was salubrious. <laughs> what a day. It is, I don't know, Friday, fourth day of hunting. We missed yesterday. I think I did a morning run. But uh, we're off the mountain, well off the high mountain, we're still at roughly about 9,500 feet, but we're on the foothills. And uh, we have found the deer. So instead of listening to everyone else saying you've got to be at the top of the mountain to find deer, we think we've think we got a bump steer actually. <laughs> I think they just wanted to make a meal of the Aussies. I, I think we got stitched up for sure. <laughs> Yeah, they did. They, it worked. They stitched us up good time. So we recovered. We dropped off the mountain where we'd seen nothing but bighorn sheep. 
and we picked a bit of country that we were overlooking, so we got in here and yesterday afternoon we seen a couple of does, glassed up a couple of does just before dark. So that was a good sign. Chirped us up a bit. And a few elk. Yeah, a good herd of elk. Elk. Cows. Cows, yeah. And, and a spiker, a I spiky think. Bull. Yeah. Which we hadn't seen elk, but we knew that this country holds some big elk. And then uh, we got up this morning, we had a deer literally 200 yards from camp. And I scared Josh as I woke him up to tell him there was a deer next to camp. There was only a little forking on. So then we, uh, I went back to where I was glassing yesterday and Josh went back up to the top where he was glassing yesterday. What did you find? Uh, another 100 yards on from that little stag, there was two mule deer does and a fawn. Yeah. Then uh, three or 400 yards further up that little gully system, there was a small group of elk, just a spiker and a, a couple cows. Uh, then there was a, about six mule deer does just coming off the high point, fed right down for like, I don't know, a mile and a half. They just kept feeding down in the open and then eventually they just disappeared. Uh, just underneath camp, where we'd seen the elk the afternoon before, there was another four mule deer just fuel, feeding up, two does, two calves, or fawns, whatever it is. I'll upset someone by baby, calling them calves. Baby, baby deer. Baby deer. Um, yeah, and then up, up about as further as where, what I've been off a high point, I'm looking up there and there's a big mob, mob of elk and a couple real nice bulls in amongst oh, them. So oh, I was yeah. pumped. That was my first big bull elk that I've ever seen. So even though they were two kilometres away, <laughs> it was still worth it. Yeah, that was all good. Yeah. We're wanting to say an elk, even though we don't have elk tags or anything, but just watching them big things is pretty cool. So, Man, Nevada grows them big, so... Yeah, and obviously showing signs of rounding up the, the cows too and charging. Yeah, and I found that weird. Chasing like, a... Still August and they're a bit of rut behaviour, which is Yeah, crazy chasing a three-point bull away. Ooh. <laughs> Edit that, please. It'll probably stay in there. Then, then we get to the afternoon, don't we? Oh, I went and put my trail camera in. I've yeah. carried the trail camera to the top of Mount Jefferson, back down <laughs> again, and, and decided to put it up at the bottom of the creek. Yeah, I put it <laughs> at the bottom of the creek. Oh well, I finally laid eyes on a couple of bucks. So I glassed, well, the, you know, the first thirty minutes as you normally would, and then uh, hopefully that tarp doesn't sound too loud. Bit windy up here. Nah, you'd be alright. As to the atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I uh, was glassing and then I, I wasn't really seeing anything, so I just sort of stood up, just moved position, and then uh, only about 150 yards below me, there was a bachelor mob of bucks with uh, two definite shooters, not no giants, but definitely happy to. Uh, put my tag on them so um, I watched them and, and they just sort of made their way into a thick sort of down low so it's sort of like a thick brushy bush kind of 
I don't know what you call this stuff, Danny. But it's thick shit. You can't see in it. But uh, if you can think of the desert. So they bedded up in that. Or what we think they bedded up in that at that time. Well, I sat there for probably another hour. Josh had joined me by then. And they didn't come out of that patch. So we thought to ourselves, well, we'll leave that to the afternoon. And that'll be our afternoon hunt. Is hopefully get onto them as they come out. So after a very long day waiting, I was so tempted to go down there, but I didn't. I held strong. Josh went wandering. Looking for rattlesnakes. Yeah, Still can't find one, even though I'm it. trying. Man, we should have probably found one tonight where we were walking. In my th- when I was in socks. Yeah. That would have been cool. No. No, it wouldn't have. Not out of here. But, uh, yeah, so Josh went and set his camera up, and um, we had a couple of local guys come up on a buggy and had a good yarn with them, and... They told us we were in the right place. Probably another bum steer, but anyway. All good. No, they were good fellas. And I uh, had a good chat there. And um, the afternoon came and it kind of happened a bit quicker than we thought. We we kind of anticipated probably about six o'clock that they'd sort of start moving. I think we got down there about quarter five and it was about half past five, I think we seen the first one. Yeah, it was, yeah. So I boogied down the hill. It's a lot bigger hill than what it looks from the top. Everything is bigger than what it looks. <laughs> so off I went down and uh, noisy as absolute. Yeah, it was terrible actually, and I wasn't expecting it to be that noisy. So, um, kind of, Josh gave me a whistle, and, and I'd seen the first buck leave the cover at the same time, or what we, what I think was the first buck. But the trouble is, once you drop off, Josh had view, uh, I don't. So, Josh had actually found another buck that are already down there. I didn't know it was there. Anyway, long story short, I got down. I just couldn't break the distance from about 50 and 60 yards. They just sort of kept in front of me. It was just too noisy. They kind of knew something was up. But I knew there was still another buck bedded up. Um, thinking that I had the game plan, I thought, well, this fella should take the same trail. So I thought, I'll just sit here. But old Mr. Wind um, put me up. I think it just sort of drifted over there. It wasn't sort of blowing towards them, but it was enough. And turns out both the bigger, well, what I think were the bigger bucks, but Josh definitely seen another one. Um, maybe he joined them later or whatever had happened. Um, two bucks that were bedded up, they took off up the hill. I didn't see them, so I'm sort of pointing out to Josh, gesturing that they're fucked off. So <laughs> I was sort of threw the ends up in the air, and Josh is trying to tell me there's another one straight behind me. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, I find that out when I, once I get back up to the top of the mountain. So I kind of, yeah, I kind of stuffed that one. So it was a 50-50 sort of scenario. Uh, very noisy, so, but learn a bit. Hopefully it's not the only opportunity we get. There wasn't a shot opportunity, I won't say that, but we were getting close. And then uh, I come back up to Josh and sort of realised that the the ones that were below me didn't really take off, couldn't see that they went out, so we decided to drop back down the finger ridge. Josh loves me for that. and uh, But it was good because we found an absolute pig of a buck. He was bedded up on this, this real low little knoll, wasn't he? Just yeah, we've seen right a few does on it. Yeah, a few does early. So we glassed then. them, and then I just kept looking over there to see because originally there were two does, then... Then there was three, and then and then they disappeared, and then I was looking over there, and yeah, seen him. You said, "Oh, there's something that one under the tree." And yeah, it looked like it had 
looked like it had antlers and I managed to get a you know a bit of a better look and say well, we've definitely got antlers so I sort of said I thought we had enough light so I I kind of dropped the pack and once again it, it's a lot further than what it looks so I probably only made it half 700 meters from the my range finder but oh, there, you go. <laughs> there was a lot of up and downs you kind of looked about 300 on the ground but yeah and uh kind of made halfway over and then a whole heap of other bucks and does and that met this one bedded and I think they kind of sort of picked up either me coming through the movement coming through or I didn't have a lot of cover and they were sort of above me they had the height advantage and then uh, the big boy stood up so he's a cracker he would be nice be a nice buck mm. but I'll take what I can get so and a hard buck in there yeah it was a hard antler one too mm. so this time of year they're all in velvet um, we're still, you know, quite early in the season, so there's no rut activity. That doesn't happen until later in the year, but so most of them. But occasionally you get the one that uh, is hard antlered, and there was definitely one there. He was a shooter too. So a couple of really nice bucks are quite low. Um, should be able to get a look over to where they were heading here in the morning. So all in all, this morning and today was probably the best days. Well, easy the best days hunting we've had, and probably one of the most. Amazing days <laughs> as far as animals we don't get to see very often. So mm. it was uh, a real good day. A few lessons learnt for myself and just stay patient and it, it'll happen. So still got a bit of time up our sleeve. So we are trying to make Colorado if we can, but worst case scenario, we'll stay here in Nevada and, and do our time out here. So anyway, that's a. Uh, Day four recap. Yep, day five might be rattlesnake day with a bit of luck. I hope it's buck day. I yeah. really couldn't give a flying shit about a rattlesnake. They can stay your side of the track. That's all right. I haven't mind seeing one. And you can cut his little buzzer off. No, I'll leave him alive. I just want to really? aggravate him a bit, get some angry photos. Happy snake, angry snake. <laughs> oh, tell you what. But anyway, it was a good day. We, um, it just goes to show, you know, when you, and credit to Josh too, um, you know, we're coming down the mountain, we're looking over this country and we're like, it just looks deary. And, you know, we're obviously not being from Nevada or the states in general and not have, ha having hunted mule deer before, you, you do rely upon a lot of information. It was very hard to get for this area, but, you know, everyone was like, go high, go high, but I think that just seems to be the cool thing to do. Certainly in certain areas, Colorado's and those kind of areas, it's probably going to be a lot different, but we just didn't like it up there. There wasn't enough feed. The water was quite low anyway, so we we stuck to our guns and we said, let's use our own, I guess, experience, I suppose you could say, with deer in general. And as Josh put it very well, they're still a deer species. They're still going to do the same thing. So we've dropped into where we think it was good and, and it showed that the numbers are here. You know, there may not be any giants, but definitely enough here to uh, to entertain us for a few oh, days. And Yeah, that one is close to giant status. <laughs> yeah, actually. We'll see, we'll see when we'll we get see what he looks him, like when we get a better look at him, but he looks impressive from where I was standing. Breaking it down simply though, it, they're velvet deer and velvet deer don't want to be expending a whole heap of energy on climbing mountains. They just want to be Hold up in an area with a lot of feed, bit yep. of cover and water, so that yeah. Which minimize. I think is why probably where the big basin stuff comes from, the high country basins, is because generally those basins will hold feed, water, cover, and mm. it's a bit cooler. So 
but the basins we have here just aren't that kind of uh, idyllic situation, I suppose you could say. So. No, and then even today, like we, we are pretty much in the desert, but you get a bit of shade and with that breeze, it's, it's actually beautiful. quite comfortable it's down nice. here. So they don't I, need to go higher to I, get cool I have, my little, I have my little first light blankie today. <laughs> it was, uh, there is a photo proof of me having a little yes. sleep in my blankie. I've been so, sleeping uh, on a cardboard box. I've got, uh, got my air mattress and I've got my pillow and I've got my blankie. Nice, nice. it's roughing it when you're near the car, mate. Nah. Uh -huh. You can rough Don't it up. Don't worry, on that mountain. photo will be going on Instagram. Oh, yeah, it'd gram the shit out of it. I'll Ash just be comparing your Taj Mahal to my <laughs> water box. <laughs> Backpack pillow. Oh, don't worry. There'll be plenty of there'll be plenty of Instagram stuff coming through. Must there a few people up too. All in good fun. Anyway, guys, thanks for checking in, and uh, we will bring you day five. Cheers, big ears. Want to stay five? Later. Go, go, go. <laughs> the cuckoo. <laughs>
doesn't get any better. So here's another little handy survival tip. I'm in the Nevada mountains. But if you're ever short on food, there's lots of berries and nuts and things like that that you can find. So I'm just going to take you up and see whether we can find some just in some of this. All right, so let's see how we go. eating my nuts now. Still got a bit more of my bottle of pee. I'm feeling a lot more confident about survival now. Still no sign of Greg. I'm afraid he might have perished. I'll go for, try find where he is anyway. At the very least I'll score a new boy. Cheers. Well hello everyone. It is... Yeah, right, I've been a slack ass. It's day 10. So I think we last checked in a day four. Oh, it's a kayak. I don't know. But so much has happened, but so little has happened at the same time. So we uh, we had some a massive, massive week, really. We, um, we've just come back. We spent last night... In town, we went to Elko in Nevada. A shower, decent feed, proper bed. We were starting to dispel non-human. Well, Josh, definitely looked look homeless, actually. But um, we refreshed and we come back in today to sort of stay 10, so we come back in. Just, we tried a couple of spots to get into, but we just can't get into them with the car we've got, so... We're just going back to what we knew. Um, so going way, way back. Um, last time we checked in day four, I think we'd just come off a, a failed stalk. Day five, not really much happened. We sort of put the wind up a little bit on the deer. Not a lot happened on day five. Day six, um, we thought we'd sort of started patterning, patterning, patterning them again, but then they, they threw a spanner in the works. But um, the afternoon... No, it was the afternoon of day five. I was in an opposite ridge to Josh and he glassed up an absolute bomber buck right in the shooting position <laughs> underneath the rock ledge. And um, obviously there was no way to contact me and I was pretty much just sitting there in amongst the bushes watching the birds, which I seem to do quite well. But um, he sort of got up and he fed a bit and laid back down, but he was always in a in a position where Josh could see him. So that was that was in a day five, and then uh, we went back there. That's right, yeah. The morning of day six, we went back straight to where he was, and we we glassed him straight back up actually. But they bedded really really quick. I think. Well, we only got. We didn't see where he bedded. He sort yeah. of 
disappeared around Real the ridge from where we were looking. Real we quick. We assumed he'd bedded in a similar spot to the evening before, but in hindsight it wasn't because... No. So that was... That pretty much wrapped up day six, really. That that sort of... Because we, we, we pretty much seen him, you know, five minutes after the sun up, really, ten minutes after the sun up, and then, then kind of watched up, him. We set up for it in the afternoon, in the afternoon but nothing showed up, so... Nothing at all. So that was pretty much a whole day... Of a of a hope hope I suppose you could call it and um, well, it was a good plan but yeah the deer just didn't play the game yep so I was set up opposite it you were above them if they came out where they were the evening before you were above where they were maybe hundred and something yards yeah with me opposite it and we had some different colour bags and things to indicate whether it was there or not and it just didn't come out. So. <laughs> that, white, that white bag teased me the whole yeah. afternoon. <laughs> so white meant there was nothing. Uh, it stayed flying. So, it, yeah, but, you know, that it we're, we, uh, and then I think the next day we sort of, um, the next morning, so I think that would have been, losing track of days a bit, but the following day we, I glassed up um, well, actually, from camp, we seen the buck from camp. It was only a couple of hundred yards below camp on first light. And um, so I sort of went that way and, yeah, I, I glassed him up again in the, in the gully that we'd spent a bit of time in. And um, same thing again, what I thought where they bedded up. And uh, so I made a, a little bit of a play on them and then I backed out and kind of, you know, watched for half an hour, but I probably should have watched for an hour in hindsight. But... So the afternoon was sort of set for that same thing, hoping that they would do very similar to, to what, they actually same mob of bucks from the day four. So the first stalker kind of had, it was the same group. Um, so yeah, we, we set up for that afternoon, that evening. And um, must have been day seven. That's also the day that I seen that nice buck that had come from underneath camp. That's right, yeah. Yeah, so he was literally 30 yards, <laughs> 30 yards from my camp. And I'd gone the other way. And I cut around, he got spooked by your wind mm -hmm. and come running past and stopped at about 30 or 40 yards from me with a doe. Yep. Got a few photos of him and and then he cut off over towards where we were seeing all those elk. Mm. But he was a handy four by three. Yeah, he's a good deer. Quite tall. Really good deer. Yeah, really high. Yeah. Like he didn't, well, didn't have width about him, but many. Yeah, he's a good deer. Really good deer. And um, so, yeah, we... We pretty much set up and, and what I thought were they bedded similar to day four, I thought, yep, they're gonna be that. So I, that afternoon came, 4.30 in the afternoon, I, sit, I dropped in early, kind of got the wind best I could. Um, once again, Josh was up above me with the flag trick and, um, and I just sort of disappeared as the afternoon went on. So we're pushing probably six o'clock, I suppose, 6.30 by this time. And I caught, I heard Josh whistle and um, it turns out that the bucks had actually bedded, they'd gone up the gully further and bedded up on top of the ridge and pretty much just fed out on a big open basin. If I had been with, with Josh, I could have just slipped down over the backside. But I'd seen them and uh, I gripped the teeth. I was in, uh, I'd left me pack and the boots down the bottom of the gully and good old <laughs> couple of mile hike up the ridge in socks wasn't probably the best idea. But anyway, long story short, Josh couldn't see me go up to this this spot um and long story short i got into about 70 yards and, and literally just 
it got too dark and I couldn't tell whether the others were looking at me or what was happening and they ended up sort of picking me up so that was kind of yeah it was over real quick so I made the call to uh the next day that we'd um pretty much the next call yeah we we sort of did a bit of a, a bit of a quick hunt in the morning and then made the call that we're going to change spots must have been pushing day seven yep something like that yeah and um yeah so we 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 we, we made the call that we'd, we'd probably we'd stirred them up a fair bit but we were sort of starting to get a bit of an idea of them and they kept giving us a little like inkling of of hope that we might get onto them and we probably dragged it out a couple more days. I'm not saying that we should have, but it was it was hard. We spent the best part of four good solid days in there and, and really only got sort of one and a bit chances really, but there was chances there that I just wasn't on the right side of the hill. So, <clears throat> you know, so there was, there's definitely chances there, I think, if we're patient. But um, we thought we'd, we'd check out a little bit new country. We dropped down and grabbed some water. Um, we moved to the next unit, so my tag's good for uh three units i think it is so we moved on to our next range um i think we got in there about lunchtime i think i think it was two o'clock we started our hike mm. which was probably the most stupid idea we've ever had found the rattlesnake before then eh? oh yeah just he found yeah josh so josh has got a little bit of a checklist of what he wants to get out of the hunt because the poor bugger is walking around with no bow in hand at, at this stage he's got his bow in the car but we're in the wrong state for him but um yeah, so we had a bit of a checklist, was seeing elk, photographing elk, it's kind of half-checked, but you'd like a clearer one if you can. Mm. Uh, find a rattlesnake, stir the shit out of a rattlesnake and get it fired up. Getting bitten in two continents is not on the list, but it's going to happen <laughs> if you keep going. Um, but crack and photo, it's, uh, it'll be on Instagram by the time this comes out. Um, but yeah, beautiful photo and uh, it's actually a gorgeous snake, but bloody fierce looking, like cranky looking. Um, but yeah, so we, you know, we re-kitted up and watered food, kind of had enough for, you know, a day and a half, I suppose. We, we hiked up on, pretty sure it was Tuesday we hiked up. Yeah, it was, it was Tuesday. Yep, so it was day, hot as buggery. day seven. And it was like 90, I think it was 88 or 89 or something when we left the car, Fahrenheit, so whatever whatever that works. 35 or 36 or something. Yeah, too freaking hot to be hiking up. With I think we packs. did six miles with heavy packs and it was just that one, that long, just a long, long climb. Like it wasn't steep, it was just that long one. Oh, that's a big ant. I took three litres of water up and by the time we hit the top, or close well to done. the top, I was out. Yep. And yep. if we didn't find water up there, I we, was going to be walking back down that night because I didn't even have enough water to cook my meal. So yeah, we we like obviously we we you know relying upon maps and and onyx and stuff like that as much as we can. But you know we haven't been in these areas, so it tells us there's a spring there. But we had a bit of an idea. It was the head of a creek system. So and we we'd actually parked right next to the creek, and it was a full you know flowing trout creek really. Like it was beautiful water, but we didn't want to drink from that low, and and honestly we didn't want to carry all that water up. So we, uh, yeah, it was kind of just hope that there was some decent water up top. And after a few hours hike in the heat, we, we, we did finally make it. It was, it was beautiful. It was all in the aspen trees and it was flowing hard. And we still treated it well. So we still, you know, we still dropped the chlorine tablets in it and, um, you know, did all the right procedure. And I think Josh might have skipped that the following day, but mm -hmm. I still, uh, still treated mine. 
we didn't get crook mr withers so but um yeah we managed to we got up there i think it was a pushing five o'clock by the time we sort of set up started setting up camp uh found a good little, good little oh man these ants are huge um yeah found a good little campsite and uh just above us was a nice big platter that we could we could sort of glass from so um we uh we set up camp and I kind of went north, no, east. So I went to one end of the plateau and, and, and Josh just jumped above camp and was looking sort of back over where we got water, wasn't it? Mm. But it just looked good. There was food, there was water. You know, there's plenty of shelter, there's aspen trees all around. It's absolutely beautiful country. And um, you know, I sort of poked around. You know, I was probably a few hundred yards from you, I suppose, wasn't I? Yeah, yards probably from half a K. Half a K. By the time you get over the top, yeah. yeah. And uh, anyway, once again, we're, we're pushing sort of, yeah, quarter to seven something like that so it uh the sun drops drops but it's still quite a bit of light just because of the size of the mountains um so once the sun drops back you've you've still got to probably bend an hour's worth of light shooting light anyway i heard the old whistle again and um, i'll come flying out from where i was glassing and josh said he'd he'd seen a really good buck um didn't really get a good look at it he just just seen it and it's like i've got to, you've got to get me so uh yeah we took off i took off back down through camp just dropped off my gear and Keep heading round and uh, yeah, Josh sort of pointed me in and the bloody thing just disappeared. Just nowhere to be seen. There was no, no, I didn't, we didn't see him, we didn't see him walk off. You spotted him when you got back from me though, didn't you? Yeah, and then I changed my angle and when I stopped looking for five minutes, he was gone. He was gone. Um, the wind was shitty. The wind was shitty, like it was, it was howling. There was actually a bit of a front starting to come through, which came through the following night. So that sort of stirred it up a little bit. And we're up, we are very high, so the, the wind's sort of all over the place. And yeah, it was a it was a bit of a bummer. So it was sort of, but we had hopes then. We were sort of like, well, we've seen a deer. Literally, we've been up on the mountain probably an hour, and uh, and we've seen a really good buck straight away. You thought he might have been hard antlered. Yeah, I reckon he was. I still think he was. Yeah, and which which could mean why he came out of the aspens there. Like they they tend to drop down into thick stuff once they they rub out. They act a bit weird, but um, not that I know no mule deer, but. From what I read in here, that's that's what they do. But um, so he just disappeared, and um, anyway, we did a normal night routine and uh, woke up the next morning. Um, just yeah, it's probably a little bit higher anticipation that we'd we'd see one. And and I literally walked probably 30 yards from camp, and I glassed over to a um, just a, another plateau through a little canyon, big open top. Seen a doe, and I thought, oh well, that's good. There's, there's deer out already. And um, walked another 15 yards, and I didn't really need, to be honest, I didn't really need binos. This thing was a giant. Uh, but put the glass on him, and I just yelled back to Josh. I said, there's a big buck up there. And Josh said, you go, I'll watch uh, through, the bind, through, the, through the scope. And so I took off through the canyon, and uh, Josh sort of indicated to me, once I got up there, I took my boots and that off. You're going to get it. There's a big ant on your foot underneath. You're squashing you. Um, got through the canyon. Um, this was a little bit different. This country it was the deception was it was kind of true. Like it's uh, a lot of the other country, we were hunting it looked close, but it was like a million miles away. But this one was actually true. Like it was like it's just there. It was just there. So I, I got across pretty quick and um, took the dropped the pack, took the boots off, and um, sort of looked back. And Josh was indicating that it had, had gone over the, it kind of changed its course a little bit and just gone over the hill. So. Um, you know, sideways to the to the hill because it was feeding down the ridge, and um, wind was punching down the ridge the same direction it was feeding. 
which is probably where the problem started. But um, so I, yeah, I, I come up over the ridge and um, there was a there was a sort of small shoot into a gully, and then I was still up on the ridge. And and as I cleared, I seen the buck, and and even the I actually even spoke the words, shit, that's big buck. <laughs> I actually spoke the words. So um, he was a, he was a good, really good deer. And um, I thought, shit. So I put an arrow on. I think it was about 60 yards at that time, and just as I thought, I ranged him. Um, he, he'd sort of moved into the into the bush. So I thought I've got to try and get this wind. And no joke, I, I probably moved 10 yards, and the wind just switched straight down to him. And everyone knows what happens then. So that uh, that hurt a bit. That was a that was a tough one to swallow because that was that was close. And we we'd made the effort and got up into new country and did everything right and. Uh, it's just yeah, so close but so far away. So, and the biggest deer we've we've seen all trip. Um, probably a probably a deer that not many people get to see, but um, I'd say he'd be one that just sneaks around and he's been up there for a long time. So that 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 kicked in the guts a bit. Um, so we waited out the rest of the day and kind of did the same routine that afternoon, didn't we? we oh, we went and got water again. Uh, decided to stay up one more night, just rationed our food a bit. And stayed another night. Didn't. Uh, what happened that afternoon? Oh, I called in a bull elk. Yeah. <laughs> so Josh decided to go for a for a good good solid walk over a couple other meadows. I just went above where Josh had actually seen the the buck the night before, thinking he might have come out, and um, he didn't come out, but a, a good bull elk come out uh, onto a soak, and I actually I got me mouth read out and called him into a probably eighty yards below us, and got a bit of on rough footage on the fo- on the film, so. Unfortunately, Josh wasn't there with a solid camera. That would have been awesome, but it wasn't. Uh, it never plays out how we want it to. So um, that night was pretty. Yeah, w- not really much happened, and apart from the elk. And uh, so we got up the next morning, and I don't even think we think a deer, we didn't see a deer the next morning at all, did we? No, uh, I think I've seen a doe a like doe. a million miles away. Yeah, almost on another planet. So yeah, we would, uh, I think we kind of just timed it that we seen the two really good bucks and, and that, that you know potentially we that was all that was there. You know we could have spent more time, but we we called it and uh, it was a pretty quick pretty quick decision to we think you know we'll head to, head to town. So that was yesterday morning, um, day nine. We decided to go to town and just just refuel ourselves. So we we'd gone for a solid nine days in the mountains. So. Half of them were spent out of the tent up on the mountains and um, half of them were spent, you know, just next to the car, just camping next to the car. Um, you know, pretty basic setup. Everybody says Josh's bed, it's a cardboard box flattened out and a water bottle for a pillow. That's my day bed. It's your day bed. My real um, bed. Your real bed, yeah. Tent. You, you, your, tent's, your tent's pretty, that's a flash setup. It's Bill's tent. Thanks, Bill. Shout out for Billy Harris. Mm. Yo, yeah. lol. It's a good tent. It is a nice tent. So it's a single man... You, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, good tent. It's like, it's under a kilo. Yeah, it's uh, and he's he's set up well before quick, I got a I got an old MSR and Josh, uh, Josh is set up in half the time what I am. So, but um, yeah, it's uh, so we're back into it. Um, Elko was a cool place. Went to a pretty mad archery shop. That was good. Spent way too much money there. We didn't get too crazy, but mm. bought what we had to. And a little bit more. I like to keep buying alcohols. You do. To try yeah. <laughs> transfer them onto Samba. Samba. So we'll see sooner or later one will be spot on. 
So what have we learnt? These desert mule deer are freaking hard work. That's what I've learnt. Yeah, we've seen plenty of bark, so in we've reality, seen a lot of deer. Probably seen oh, half a dozen shooter bucks, a couple exceptional ones, mm -hmm. plenty of younger stuff around. I might have already mentioned it, but I think the biggest thing that I've probably learned is as much as we're in a different country and different species and all that, I think a lot of the time we've got to come here and believe like what we already know. Um, you know, I try to get information and credit to, to I'll give him a shout out, Robert Hanneman, who is the uh, one of the head on shows of hunting fool over here in the States. Um, yeah, his, his information that he gave me, credit to him, was has pretty much been spot on. Uh, where he's the elevation and, and the areas that he's told us looking, we found deer straight away. Um, you know, a few people told us to go high, it just didn't work out. But the biggest thing is, is you know, just backing what we already know. You know, it's water and feed. Like, can't go anywhere without water, and we are in the desert. Like, we're in high country desert. So, you, tell, you know, it's important to, to to back yourself. I guess when you come into these kind of areas it's hard to do because you think you're, you're out of your comfort zone but um, probably what's making it hard at the moment is just the fact that it's pretty thick country and um, you know we're just not getting a lot of time on the deer like it's 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 dark as anything through the night but it doesn't seem to be phasing and they're still they're still um, you know they're still moving forward like moving through the night and um, you know doing a Covering a lot of a lot of ground through the night because we, we we're finding fresh tracks and that, especially back up where you know we're spending the majority of deer. So we'll uh, we came back in this afternoon and we're actually in a little bit of a system. If anybody's seen my post from day one, there was a um, there was a big two point that we seen the very first morning that we glassed up and we never actually sort of went into his country, but. Um, we, uh, we 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 parked up in the in the canyon that he. At the head of that is where, where this deer was. So um, we we went in there this afternoon, and it just so happens we I bumped two does more or less at the start of the canyon where it forked. Josh went uh, to the right, and I went to the left, and I only went another. We had wild horses, didn't you? Yeah. Um, so that kind of boogied that little gully system. <coughs> Excuse me. But I went left, and uh, yeah, I only probably went 150 yards, and, and a couple of does just. You know, they were just feeding along and um, I kind of watched them and just sort of let them settle down and, and they walked up the hill and as they walked up the hill, they actually picked up uh, another young buck and and the big two point. Um, so I watched them and I kind of thought we'll game on from there. So uh, obviously I had a bit of trouble from the wind, but it, it didn't really seem to matter what way I tried to work it. It just, it was all over the place. Um, we're, we're in pretty, you know, steep gully, steep canyon country. Um, so it sort of just draws down one way and goes down another. Um, there's no real consistency to it, so I kind of had to stay patient. Um, I watched uh, watched the the, the group uh, feed up, you know, just walk up onto the ridge and scroll themselves, and they. You still plugged in? Yeah. yeah You're all right. Cool. Keep talking. They. Um, yeah. So they they walked over. They they scrolled on themselves and. And I watched uh, watched them feed out, and, and I sort of dropped. I dropped the pack. I got into an area where there was a spring, a big soak, a bit of uneven country in the in the bottom of the canyon, and uh, they sort of fed above it. And I thought, 
that I had enough cover there. If I stayed patient, the wind would eventually, you know, the thermals eventually drop. Um, I checked the wind that was sort of going uh, away from them, so I, I pushed it a little bit harder. And I thought, I'll just, just check there. And, and to my surprise, I, I glassed the mob and, and the actual big buck wasn't there. The big two point wasn't there. So I, I kind of give it another 10, 15 minutes and, and it, he never joined them. So I'm like, well, he's obviously split because sometimes I don't like being in a group. They like being a little bit solo. So um, I thought, well, he's obviously just fed up to the right-hand side of the canyon. These guys are going left. I'll play it a little bit aggressive and um, I'll show myself to these guys. Hopefully they, they move off and hopefully catch up to the big fella in the, in the, uh, in the upper part of the canyon, which worked, you know, uh, I did that. I, I showed myself the, the other mob, they sort of just fed up higher onto the ridge. They didn't really spook. They just sort of moved off a little bit quicker and then ended up started feeding at the top. I moved right round and I, long story short, I went right round the whole null of the hill and I still haven't seen that two point again. And turns out Josh was actually doing the opposite loop to me for higher up. He never seen him either, so <laughs> yeah, he never came into my system because I was Guess up high did. looking across the yeah. whole time anyway. So he made there was a little tiny split in the system, which he could have went up. He didn't really look like he wanted to move. He's an old deer. Um, he didn't. He wasn't moving that well, um, but obviously moving enough that he's cruising around the mills. So yeah, it was a little bit of a bummer. It was once again close, but no cigar. Um, yeah, it was another brutal time on the feet, but we do what we do. And then, uh, yeah, I met back up with Josh on the, on the opposite side of the hill. And um, you, sound, you found some good country, some good sign, but didn't really see any deer, so. No, there's plenty of fresh sign, but it could be the deer you were looking at. Yeah, it's hard deer, to know. Sure. It's really hard to know. It's a good little area. It's, uh, it's poked away. It's a, it's a pretty hard effort to get into. Um, there is a, a four-wheeler track to, to the east of it which the deer would just bunker down if they ever seen one coming in. Um, the direction we're coming in is, is all hiking. Every couple of years, we've got a few K to hike up in there, so which, you know, a lot of them aren't doing. So we'll, uh, we'll camp in the canyon tonight and we'll, uh, we'll go up for a look in the morning, see if, if uh, the big fella shows himself. And if he doesn't, We'll go back to where we've got the numbers of deer and we're just going to have to stay patient. We know the deer are there. That's that's not an issue. It's just a matter of us or myself being in a position that we can capitalise on one of those opportunities. So we've got, I think, another six and a half days or seven days, I think, of hunting left. So plenty of time. Um, I did have a Colorado tag as well. We decided to uh, to not you know, try and start the whole, the whole book again, um, trying to learn deer and everything with... Uh, there's a long weekend this weekend, which is the opening weekend for Colorado, so it'll be pretty hectic. And I've seen some stuff on Instagram where people have already seen uh, they've had deer scared by hikers and all that. Obviously, it's uh, everyone can use the country and they hunt, they hunt in the public area, but it makes it a bit tough. And that's certainly, you know, we've pretty much got this place to ourselves. Uh, most most of the locals and that are already done. Um, got a little bit more insight uh, from a few lads and. It's it all coming back to just being patient in this kind of country. It's certainly, it's a pretty tough hunt. So um, there's, there's deer numbers here, but they, they're not showing themselves for long and um, low densities. So you know, a lot, a lot of country for them to, to scoot around in without even being seen really. So, but we'll uh, give it another crack in the morning and I'll try and do better to do more updates. We both picked up a casty each. Oh, we did, yeah. I forgot the casty. That was another thing off your checklist. 
But we've got to get a little yeah. bit more brown. I want a, a fresher, fresher one. These are like three years old. They're yeah. pretty chalky. I'm we haven't found, we have not seen, we have looked, well, okay, Josh has done more cases than me, but to look for casties, we, everywhere we have looked. And then we pick a castie up each in the same afternoon. So, <laughs> so I found that elk spike that was as old as God's dog. Oh, yeah. Coming down off the hill yesterday. I told him to claim it. But I just left it in the camp. Someone will pick it up and think, you'll be okay. <laughs> Game on. <laughs> But, but yeah, uh, they're a bit old, but I've carried it out just in case it's the only one I find. Yeah, got to be careful. Mm. Your one's a ripper, though. Yeah, it's a... Oh, man, imagine if that was a freshie. Mm. He's uh, he's not an old buck, but he's certainly got some potential. So if he's still walking around, holy dooly. Yeah. Probably, yeah, what did you say, about three-year-old head? Oh, no, or three-year-old no. cast. Cast, yeah, it's been on the ground that long, so... But it's a you know it's a true four point and man if he had some age on him he'd be a giant so mm -hmm. he's somewhere still intact nothing's chewed on it which is cool but yeah mine's all chewed on but anyway we'll uh, keep our eyes peeled for rattlesnakes casts and hopefully a big buck in a position that I can try and have a shot to <laughs> be nice. But uh, no, so we've learned heaps. So we've got to back out, you know, just to back ourselves a little bit more in the information that we already know from, from you back home. Um, but that, it's all been pretty, there's been big days. We've done, what's your step count come out of? 20 Ks or something? Yeah, I didn't even look at it when no, I was there. But they've been, yeah, they've been yeah, big, day, big, days. big days. And well, it's been awesome fun. We'll have a blast. We've probably been a little bit silly through the day because we get a bit bored, but you'll see that. Oh, we lost about six kilos. Yeah, yeah. His pants are falling down his ass. He had to go and buy a belt. Mm. But, um, yeah, getting our mountain legs is good. We're starting to get around these hills a bit better. Mm. No matter how hard you train or not train, there's nothing like doing it. So, But um, but it just goes to show, you know, the deer are here and, you know, whether we get it done or not is, is another thing, but we're certainly giving it everything we've got. Um and it's probably just, we, you know, we, we had the first initial thought of jumping around a bit and then we kind of, we were starting to do that and then we, we're not, you know, we're thinking that we probably need to stay patient on the deer because a lot of the time we can go to areas and, and not find anything, but there's three or four sessions used up um, because there's no movement through the day. So um, it's, there is some glass in country, but it's nearly too thick in where the deer seem to be hanging. I'm sure there's areas that you could glass them up. There's no doubt about that. But uh, with the vehicle we've got, we're, we're struggling to access that a bit. And um, yeah, we're just bashing ourselves around if we're trying to hike up in some of these areas through the day. So we'll um, conserve our energy and bounce around a little bit more in the, in the morning and evening. So closing thoughts, Josh? Six and a bit days to get it done. Mm-hmm. How we go? Well, lots of fun drawing. It's been good. Been good. Car's still in one piece, just. It's uh, it's an exceptional car. What is it, Dodge? Yeah. Yeah. It's a bloody nice car. It doesn't look real good at the moment, but it's a nice car. It is a nice car. <laughs> We've actually got layers of dust caked up, like I'm talking like five mil thick of dust on it. It's like bull dust around here. But um. Anyway, guys, we'll uh, we will check back in in the next day or so. 
hopefully there's some awesome news and we'll be buzzing around and drunk at a pub or something. But Fair chance. Old Nevada taxidermy were keen to go out for a meal and some drinks. Too, they were. So, so we're, uh, we're pretty keen to go and catch up with them, them guys. Just beautiful people. So hopefully we can take a big buck in and, um, yeah, they can sort that for us and take them out for tea. All right, guys. Sweet. We'll be back. Craig, what is it that you've got there? A shopping bag. And what are you doing today? Collecting water. And what's the shopping bag going to do? It's going to take pretty much the shit you don't want to see in your bottle out. Oh, cool. So, you didn't feel the need to crush up your campfire charcoal and put it in there? No, that's pretty much going to do Yeah, that's what I thought. So, basically, we're just taking the ugly looking stuff out, but... If you're going to get sick, you're going to get sick, right? Correct. That's but we it. do have tablets to drop in the water. So the only way that you can not get crook, potentially, is drop chlorine in your water. And that is chlorination. So disinfecting the water and the filtration is just removing some of the solids to make it, the chlorine system, more effective. Show us how it's done, Craig. You need proper quantities. This is incredible, folks. Got him? Have a look at him go. Important note while you're doing this, you've got to make sure you have a squat position. Otherwise you cannot hold the container up the full time. Look at him flex, folks. It's all about the squat position. Ooh. In touch like that in my like 10 days, man. Whoa. And there you have it, folks. So, three liters of filtered water. Now it just doesn't have any googlies in it, and then we'll drop a tablet in it, and we're good to go. You! So, on a serious note, folks, we have fresh snow. We've got natural riparian vegetation that's going to act as a filter. There's no cattle. There are some deer, but they're not known to carry some of these pathogens that you're potentially going to pick up. We've got a clean flowing river. The likelihood of getting sick from this is actually very low. So Charcoal filtration does not work. Activated carbon, which is effectively an activated charcoal, will work, but it's not something you're going to carry around in the bush and it is highly explosive. So I wouldn't encourage that. In your background. Sorry? And your background is water. Yes. I am actually a water treatment specialist, so you can take it from me, folks. So what, what we've been doing is, on a serious note, we've tried to get as high as up we could with enough flow. There's cattle now lower, so obviously we don't want to be below where cattle are likely to be. You can see the deer tracks here. But we've drank, we, we, we actually filtered this and we treated it the other day, and we actually have now drank it just with the water bag filter. Pretty much just making your gut feel better, like yeah. just looking at a clear it's, bottle looks a lot better than having wrigglies in it like we did up the top. Fundamentally, filtration is just removing anything for aesthetics or for as a pre-treatment system. So filtering the water is not an effective disinfection system. Yeah, so if you are worried about getting crook, you, you need to treat it. You can't just, uh, just put it through a pump filter, hence why we don't carry a pump filter. Yeah. Yes, we've made piss of the, the bag, but it just it's fine enough that it lets it flow. Uh, we boiled snow up 
on the first few days of the hunt, we boiled snow up. It did have some ugly looking shit in it. Um, Bugs and some sort of worm, I'm not sure. But in reality, they are not the things that are going to make you sick. It was, it, as Josh said to me, he says the things you can't see is what's going to make you cook. So it just makes you feel better when you don't see anything wriggling around your bottle. Yeah. But it's certainly something to take you know, serious consideration is because if you get jardy or something like that, going to ruin uh, your trip you're going to end up in you're hospital. hospital you're going to be crook but um so the greatest risk here would be domestic yeah, animals yeah. upstream dead animals dead animals is critical in there we haven't checked 100 percent. we probably should have but i'm pretty comfortable down here with what i'm seeing yeah. and we like craig says we have been drinking it with only that fine mesh filter to take out some of the chunky bits of whatever microorganisms and stuff but if there's giardia in there and you are just using a filter there's a still a high chance that you're still going to get crook from it so just consider disinfection as opposed to filtration i didn't ask you what's the steripen steripen yeah i believe the steripen is uv but once again uv is only effective if you've removed all the solids out of it so if you're just grabbing that chunky water there and chucking uv in it Bugs can hide behind all the particles within that water. So unless you're filtering that first, that UV pen is not going to be effective either. So there's a little bit more involved in it. And a lot of the time people are just getting lucky and not getting sick based on there not being anything dangerous in the water. So there you have it, folks. It's too much today. Yeah, in darkness. Hey. It was better before, wasn't it? That's better. Oh, ah. maybe too much. Don't smile. Look at how white <laughs> I've been rushing every day. I've been rushing. I've been brushing even when I'm drunk as fuck. <laughs> so thick of titty <laughs> Oh, we have been... So, you're going to see this Instagram, but we're doing a recap as well, which will come out on a podcast, but we thought we'd film it at the same time. And we've got the lovely moon. Oh, it just went behind the clouds. We'd have a moon backdrop. We are... Day... 14 so bear with us we are going a little bit silly but um i don't know where to start i think it was day as podcast goes day 10 or 11 is the last check-in we i think we came from town we had a night in town refreshed grabbed some gear food Went back to where we found the uh, big Forky, the big two point on the very first day. And we turned him up that afternoon and then we never seen him again. Hmm. That's pretty much what happened. Did find a couple casties though. We did find casties. Josh has been going from one end of the mountain to the other and sideways and northwest and everything. Hmm. And yeah, we found three. Four. Did we? Yeah, elk spike. Yeah, oh yeah, about elk like spot about that long. Too. You did, but uh, anyway, so we moved back to where we spent most of last week because that's where we had the numbers of deer, and it went to shit. A mountain lion has moved in. 
and is roaming the hills and the deer are yep. just scattered. Gone. Kayaks as well. They'll go on ape shit this morning. So yeah, we pretty much just wasted the last three sessions. We've only got a few days to go, so we kind of uh, had to go back to town and get a bit of fuel, just a little one down the road here. It's just got a fuel in a couple of shops, so we just poked down there and did that, had lunch, come back and pretty much just, just picked a spot on the map to go. We haven't been there yet. Started raining. Started raining. That was interesting. I uh, got cold, windy, everything else coming in. We're only in an all-wheel-drive car. So we've done enough in it, probably shouldn't do any more in it, let alone sliding around the mud. But no, it only just passed through, so which was lucky, and then uh, made our way up up the mountain and uh, sort of getting to, you know, about as high as a truck will take us, and we turned a corner and just spotted a big buck. Yeah. So that was good. That was better than what we've been saying. So we uh, we had a quick, took a couple of happy snaps of him, and... Um, just sort of kept moving around the around the corner of the mountain so we quickly parked up and and got a gear ready josh went back along the track to to pick him back up and i cut up over the mountain just here to uh hopefully get the you know coming around behind him so we would slog up but josh couldn't turn him up so we don't know where he went he went up down sideways we don't know where he went yeah he was well gone not sure what had happened but can you tell a story from here yeah well while I was trying to locate that buck, I actually managed to turn up another one, a better one actually. So he was just bedded up in a pretty good position for a store, provided all of the conditions stayed consistent, like it was for the whole time I was watching it. I seen Craig come up over the hill, gave him a bit of an idea of where it was and where to get to, and then the wind shifted for about 15 seconds that's all it was so it was good the whole afternoon and then at right i dropped me pack dropped me boots i was in socks it was quiet the wind was like really consistent and just as i dropped into the top of the i don't know what we call it the top of the top of the bowl i guess you could say the little basin that they were sitting in just a big squall of wind and just like literally 15 seconds just Immediately I got there, it swung, and then I looked up, and I pretty much put the binos on Josh, and he's just like, they're running. Could not believe it, and no joke, 10 seconds after that, the wind switched back straight to my face, and we haven't seen the deer again. Yeah, and the wind didn't change. Didn't change all afternoon. The rest of the afternoon. But it was actually a smaller buck that I couldn't see at the time. Reviewing my photos, I can see he's actually in my photos, but I didn't know he was there at that point. As soon as the wind sort of dropped down a bit, he responded, not the bigger one. The bigger one was still lying there. As soon as the younger one started getting a bit restless and the bigger one jumped up, turned around to see what was going on. He still wasn't sure what was happening. So, um, Hopefully it might be around tomorrow. They sort of busted over. They stopped a few times on their way up the ridge and they certainly didn't come out of the other side. So with a bit of luck, they'd come out oh. and feed overnight on that grassier patch on the other side of the ridge and we can catch them coming back into that area yeah we covered it down again we covered a bit more country come back past the car and then uh went out looked a bit of other country and we thought there's a there's a real green little um it's not mine site they must have replanted where they've taken the 
gravel away. So it's in um, like it's like private or whatever it is. So there's you can see that fair there's a heap of prong on it. So we thought we might shoot back there, and as we preached over top there at um, another what was it five or six bucks, like young ones, but a really yeah, quite a nice sort of three by three. He's definitely a shooter. Uh, but they were already on edge. They, was, they were just acting weird, so they kind of knew whether they come up as we come over because the wind, as we are going back that way, the wind where it should have stayed earlier, but the wind was blowing that way. So I think they might have got a bit of smell as we come over the ridge. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they were just on edge and never really, it was like a half stalk, but never really looked like getting close. So they fed up. So hopefully we might be able to pick them up. If we can't pick one of the big fellows up. But it's been a... A long slog. So we found another bull elk. Could well, we be the big five by five that I'd spotted early on in the yeah. trip once we got up Jefferson. So I was just say that was last night, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so we Josh went wandering all day yesterday trying to find cast antlers. Twenty five kilometers up and so down. So we're averaging yes. about I think we're averaging about twenty K a day, but 20, yeah. Josh decided to do that one session. But uh didn't find any casties. You yeah. found pretty much stuff, sweet stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, it was a waste of time. It was, yeah. I um, I I walked probably about a k. I did pretty pretty tough morning, um, but made up for last night. And uh, that's when yeah, glassed up that bull elk and radioed Josh through, and he's a pretty impressive sitting over in the sun there. Yeah, he's good. He's a big bull, really big five by five, which is kind of kind of cool. But uh, then we seen a cow elk up here and we thought it was a cow and a calf and then it turns out to be a, a cow elk and a mule deer doe so i don't know what those two are doing yeah. it's I don't know. progressive we've got, we've got an antelope at like nine thousand feet yeah. i don't know what's going on in the desert here but there's some all sorts but uh yeah we've got a couple of sessions or what have we got five sessions to go five sessions two and a half so days. it's getting rather tight but you know we're, we've definitely hunted as hard as we possibly could i mean the first week was pretty much just a learning curve um, we've found deer everywhere we've gone it's just we haven't had the opportunities like i haven't drawn my bow i've put an arrow on the string probably three times so mm. it's not exactly yeah it's not a high uh high opportunity area i mean i knew desert mule deer or high country desert is what they call it um so it's desert from the floor to the to the top of the mountain really i knew it was tough but it's Yep. <laughs> I keep finding the bucks, but it's, oh. you just need to do your part of the deal, Craig. I, just, <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what hunting fairy I have, but, but I don't know what's going on. But anyway, these things happen. But it's uh, we won't give up though. No. It's uh, we've done the last day of stuff before, second last day of stuff before, so. All we can do is keep grinding. If it doesn't happen, we've had a hell of a time bloody trying to make it happen. So, but uh, anyway, we'll uh, hopefully tomorrow a bit of luck and we're coming back to you with footage of a big old mule deer. And That'd be pretty cool. It would be for sure. All right, peeps. We're out. We'll talk to you soon. Stay classy, Australia. Boom. So last night in the mountains on in Nevada so I figured I might go catch a wild feed for dinner tonight we've been seeing these little chuckers 
around in the scrub and pretty sure I'm going to be able to just grab one with my bare hands. So let's just stay tuned here a second. We'll see. I've seen some over here just before. Maybe just here. There's one. Oh! Missed him. Damn, they're quick little buggers. Oh, here's another one. Just hold on. Oh, I've got him. I've got him. And he's already marinated. Chicken teriyaki. Whoa. That was tough work. Now let's just go check out what Craig's up to. I think he's trying to catch a trout. Let's have a look. Oh, have a look at this little beauty, Craig. Oh, ripper. Fantastic. Hey, what are you doing here? I'm trying to catch a trout. Really? You don't need water in the desert, do you? No, and I'm pretty sure you don't need to have your lines threaded through the oh. islet either, but. That might be why I'm not getting any bites. We're getting there. Wild teriyaki chicken and hopefully wild smoked trout a desert trout not really sure what it is it might be like a werribee floater or a chocolate mullet or something <laughs> Whew. stay classy australia Hard to know what way the wind is going to go. <laughs> 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 Thank you for listening to the Hunting Camp Down Under podcast. If you would like any information from today's show, please don't hesitate to contact us on huntingcampdownunder at gmail.com or simply hit us up on any of our social media outlets on Instagram or Facebook. Be sure to join us next week for another awesome episode and we look forward to sharing another story from Hunting Camp Down Under. Bye for now.